good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever in the world you may find yourself. You know everything. And I am Nicole Beasy. I wish you could see where I am right now. It is a villa. I mean, villa it sounds really fancy. It's an incredibly large farmhouse, probably... I don't know, 100 years old. Well, parts of it are probably even older than that. Parts of it are definitely a lot newer than that. Something that has been add-on like Tetris, (laughs) Jenga. (laughs) But it is absolutely stunning. It's on four acres of land in Castellina, Tuscany. So in the Chianti region of Tuscany. And it is also 100... 100 plus degrees, which is about 38, 40 degrees Celsius. It's sweaty. There's no AC. Whew, and I am, I'm in the, the office area. And it's just an amazing place to be. And the reason I got to be here is a series of decisions, a series of choices. And I already did a podcast episode about that. I'll link to it in the show notes. Definitely check it out. I'm not going to kind of belabor why decision making is so important or reinforce my steadfast, tested and proven theory that it is fast and impactful decision-making that creates your success, your ability to, in any given moment, make a decision and move forward. I talked a lot about that already. What I want to offer you today is a way to practice this because most of us practice meaningless and belabored decisions all damn day. Not many of us practice fast and impactful decisions. So as an example, you don't think about if you need to brush your teeth, you just do it. You don't think about which way you're going to drive to the grocery store or which bus you're going to hop onto or which train you're going to catch. You just do it. We're really great at those. The decisions that we spend ages trying to figure out are, you know, should I take the job or should I quit the job? Should I start the business? Should I fire the employee? Should I keep this relationship? Should I make the offer? And oftentimes, people spend so much time thinking about should they or shouldn't they, the opportunity diminishes. It disappears. Time and impact are interrelated. And I'm going to talk about this in a Quantum Business Book Club episode. I think it's well, it's good. It was meant to be the next book. Like I picked the best books for this series. I'd like just like reread every all twelve books every <laughs> every year. That would be really good. You'd really love that, would you? But Gay Hendricks talks about this in his. I think it's his newest book. I mean, that dude puts out a book like once a year. He's insane. He did write this one with his partner, and it's called Conscious Luck. But what I love about that book, I've always said, I don't believe in luck. I think luck is opportunity meets preparedness. And he doesn't disagree with that theory. But what he suggests, and for someone who was rushed and pushed and forced, and I mean, don't get me wrong, the decisions that I've made have not been correct decisions, but they have been choices which allowed me to move forward. And sometimes it was two steps forward, like 18 steps back. Regardless, that momentum always felt like progress to me. And as I've refined that skill, I find myself intuitively, knowingly, instantly making incredible decisions. And it's like one step forward, one step forward, or one step forward, one quantum leap into the Tuscany region of Italy to record this freaking podcast. So Conscious Luck talks a lot about 
you know, luck is opportunity meets preparedness. And that suggests you're in the right place at the right time. And impactful decision-making is how you get there. And so I love how this is all kind of flowing into, like every, I feel like every episode is really building this season and that was by design. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm really excited for the next Quantum Business Book Club episodes to come out. The next book is actually going to be Corporate Mystic and then Conscious Luck, both by Gay Hendricks. They're pretty short, so they might be the same episode, kind of like I did with The Artist's Journey and The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. They, you know, they also play really well with each other. And I feel like if you're going to read one, you should read the other and or just listen to the freaking episode. So now that that shameless plug is over, let's get into decision making. So I called this episode D-Day because I want you to spend one whole day living in this energy of fast, impactful decisions. And you'll hear people like say, you know, just say yes to everything. And okay, sure. I mean, that to me is like a machine gun approach. Like you're probably going to hit the damn thing, but you're not going to know how you did it. What I want you to do is just for one day, really tune into the choices you have, the opportunities that show up, and the decision-making process for you. And you knew this was coming, didn't you? I'm going to talk about this in terms of the seven levels of energy, because again, a lot of people kind of start with that level one. They just avoid making the decision. That might show up like level two, where they force it, they're afraid of it, they push it along, they force everyone else, they passive aggressively get other people to make the decision for them just so that they can then be right about that other person being wrong. So you see that sort of victim bully dance happening there with the energy around decision making. Pay attention to how you feel when it's your time to make a choice. And this might be seemingly meaningless choices, decisions that are being thrown at you. But I guarantee you at least one time in every day, you're going to have a something that shows up and you're going to be like, huh, I don't really know the best way forward with this. I want to know how you feel after that. I want you to really turn into that. And what we're going to talk about are ways that you can practice impactful and fast decision making, the kinds of decisions that can change your life that will alter your trajectory, that will be the thing you look back on in six months or six years and go, it was that moment that created everything right now. And yeah, that can go either way. What I will say is those that are experienced with fast and impactful decision-making, they are able to do so because they know whatever they decide, they're gonna work it out. Like you can't really fuck it up. And of course, like horrible things can happen, but fast, impactful decision makers, real leaders, they're not focused on the horrible things because in reality, when you're investing your energy and your time and your focus and your efforts and making decisions about avoiding what not to happen, you're just playing not to lose. That's a very different game than playing to win. And I know you've heard me say that a whole bunch, but I think it's really, really important. And I was talking about this. I mean, firstly, this episode is getting recorded because this has been coming up everywhere all of the time for people about having to make big decisions. There's, you know, potentially big changes coming up. How do you do the right thing? How do you create certainty and uncertainty? How do you change a seemingly awful situation? And it all starts by simply doing things differently, thinking differently, choosing something you wouldn't have chosen before. So I was talking about this with the friends that I'm traveling with, and one of us takes a long time to make decisions. And the other two, 
make stupid, fast, incredible, amazing, expansive, ridiculous, risky decisions all day, every day. And so we're a good balance. But it's interesting when you really sit down with people who, you know, it takes them 15 minutes to order something at dinner. It takes them an hour to figure out where we should, you know, which tourist destination we should check out or what the schedule for the day should be like. And those are kind of benign scenarios. But my business partner in the financial consulting firm also takes a really, 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 really long time to make decisions. Again, why we're a good pair. And, you know, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, so I won't get too into it. But in terms of letting go of an employee, in terms of changing our financial structure, in terms of changing the types of clients that we're going after, the way that we're pitching clients, those are those are make or break decisions. And, you know, a lot of these decisions were also happening in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of mass closures in terms of our clients and our offices, you know, in the industries that we work in, there was huge economic, like huge, huge things going on. And it was, you know, we had clients coming to us and asking if they could cut our budget by 80%, but expect the same work. And, you know, my response to that is absolutely not. In two seconds, my business partner, you know, we, we had weeks of meetings over conversations just like that. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong, but what I am saying is that if we lose that client, that gives us the space to find another client and someone who's going to be on board with the way that we work. And then we have the capacity to do that. If, you know, the weeks that we spent discussing, should we, shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we, trying to negotiate with the client, by the end of it, we didn't end out any further along and we ended up working at a loss and that created resentment. And on the other side of it, what I will say is the client very much appreciated our work. They thought we were really amazing. You know, they really appreciated the loyalty and that was fantastic until that person, you know, our point of contact essentially retired and their director decided that they didn't want to work with us any longer. And no one could have predicted that. And there's, this is absolutely not about blaming and shaming. But what I'm trying to share with you is that by spending six months trying to make something work instead of just making a decision and figuring that out, I don't think we ended off any better or worse. But there was now resentment. There's now doubt. There is, I mean, running a business at a loss is for six months has repercussions. And it wasn't a business. It was an account. Let me rephrase. And when I was talking about this with my friend, he was, and this is someone who, you know, multi-million dollar earner myself, multi-business owner in the middle of a multi-million dollar development project. Like, I'm not saying we're, we're the kings of the world, but we're in Tuscany for three weeks. We're in Europe for three weeks and, you know, doing what we need to do in Abila. So there is that. We were just laughing and he said, I make dumb decisions all day long, but every now and again, one of them really, really pays off. I watched my partner, my life partner, really, really struggle with decision-making because, and he's coming at it more from a perfectionist's angle. He wants to make the right decision and he wants to do all of the research, all of the planning. This is a level three energy around decision-making where you're budgeting, you're planning, you're strategizing, you're scoping it out, you're doing risk analysis or SWOT analysis or costs and benefits or, you know, grids and matrix and spreadsheets to work out like, should I or shouldn't I? And all of that is super valid and really helpful. But also in this development project, we're three, four months in to negotiations. And in the meantime, building materials are going up. Construction timelines are doubling. The city is getting antsy with us. We have also found investors and funders and lending situations that are going to be much more favorable. So, you know, that's the thing. There's these gives and these takes. 
But at the end of the day, we're in a holding pattern. And this business is going to open up six months later, potentially 12 months later. Who knows what money could have been made in that time that would have negated any of the gains we're getting in these six months of negotiations. So what I want to do is stop talking about my stories (laughs) and help you practice impactful decision making. I truly believe this is the crux. This is the inception point for personal empowerment. This is how we create. This is how we share. This is how we engage. This is who we are. The decisions that we make, they create the evidence of our success. And it's in the learning moments, probably the more difficult and challenging experiences where you have very powerful decisions available to you how you want to respond to the struggle, how long you want to stay stuck in the story. When that level one shows up, when that victim, poor me, avoidance, procrastination, victim energy shows up, what do you want to do about it? To finish the seven levels of energy, because I definitely went off on a tangent. So we've got that level one avoidance victim. We've got that level two force, fear, blame. I think this is where like passive aggressive really shows up as well. Level three, we've got the over planning, the budgeting, the risk analysis, spending more time actually trying to figure out this decision than making the decision in and of itself. Level four is where we actually really step into the service, acts of service, leading leading from a place of the desire to be charitable, the desire to be generous, the desire to take care of people, to problem solve. It can feel very noble. It can also be where we martyr ourselves when we put other people before ourselves or other people's needs before ourselves and making decisions. So this is where I think in your day, in your D-day, of playing with decision-making, really feel into it. Am I doing this for me? Am I doing this for them? If it doesn't feel good, that's not the right decision for you in that moment. And full permission to just not make a decision, that is also making a decision. And I'm going to repeat that because that's actually really important and really powerful. Deciding to not choose a course of action is a decision umming and awing about something and being like, should I, shouldn't I, should I fire the guy? Should I keep the guy? Should I fire the guy? Should I keep the guy? I don't know what to do. That is an energy suck. That's a distraction. That's level one. That's avoidance, the rumination, the regret, the stress. Level four says, I don't know what the answer is right now. It doesn't feel good to fire him and it doesn't feel good to hire him or keep him employed. So I'm going to give myself a time frame. And again, if you've listened to this podcast and you know this example that I'm talking about, it was right before Christmas. It was right before in the United States, both Thanksgiving and Christmas. And this was at the end of 2020. So I I made a deal with my business partner until she could make a decision about it. We should just not think about it until the beginning of the following year. And then that freed up our capacity. It stopped being an energy suck. We decided to not decide. Level four is just simply really tuning into that. Does this feel good? Does this feel bad? And if I'm doing this for somebody else, am I doing that to make myself feel good? I think this is, you know, for people whose love language is acts of service or gifts, you know, not to hurt your feelings, but you do those things because it makes you feel good. If you're doing them because you are trying to elicit a response out of somebody, that is manipulating them. I'm going off on another tangent here. The point being, tune into why you're making this decision and how it feels for you. Just for one day, just for D-Day. Level five is the win-win-win. 
where we are only going to make a decision if it benefits everybody. This is a co-creative process. We invite people into the decision-making process. And if everybody who's affected by the decision isn't happy with it, not just content, not just satiated, but actually happy with it, we're also just not going to make a decision. We're going to walk away from the game. We're going to walk away from the negotiation tables. And not to say forever, but for right now, because we're not getting anywhere. It's also kind of a decision to not decide. But level five, we're tuning into this actual like co-creative, like this isn't only my decision to make. So we're taking in different pieces of information, whether it be people's opinions around us, whether it be expertise or mentors, whether it just be our own gut instinct. That's probably getting into more level six. And I will say level six is the dominant energy for fast, impactful decision makers. They trust themselves. They trust their intuitive hits. They know what it feels like to make a decision that's in alignment, that feels good, that feels truthful and valid for them. And they know what it feels like when that a decision happens that is out of alignment. It feels wrong. It feels like, you know, I, like for me, it shows up like that pit in my stomach. Usually like this is kind of a weird one, but my mouth kind of starts to sweat. In this like D-Day practice, I've really started to feel into like how my body responds to particular scenarios because my brain can move really fucking fast. And For the most part, by the time I get to make a decision, I've actually been thinking about it for a really long time. It might not be at the front of my brain, but it's something I've been mulling over. And I see process. I see systems. I see all of the moving pieces. Like my latent mutant superpower were to show up, I would be able to like move all of the puzzle pieces psychically. (laughs) Like... And I, and I, I seem to have an ability to predict outcomes based on those variables. So if we do X, Y, and Z, we're going to get A. But if we do B, C, and D, we're going to get Y. And I realize like that's a pretty special gift. It's it's one of the reasons why I've been so successful. And I've learned the hard way that not everybody, not everybody can do that. And so that, you know, when I advantage myself and really lean into that, I kind of run circles around everybody in terms of decision making. And so I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to share with you today is how I do that and how I've practiced that. I mean, the most impactful decision I made in my entire life is that I would survive. And I made that decision in a moment when everybody else, including all of my doctors and all of the authority figures in my life, because I was still just 13 years old, were saying the opposite. I decided to move to Europe. I decided to work for like, whew, I don't know how if I've talked about that story very often, but I ended up like doing manual labor. That was a decision I regretted, like digging fence posts 4,000 feet up a mountain that we hiked three hours that morning for a week and then picking up sticks eight hours a day for a week at like 6,000 feet and so on and so forth. I, I realized I was not cut out for that work. I like being outside, but not to lift heavy objects for eight hours straight. That decision informed me. <laughs> I made the decision to move to Australia in about five minutes. And I I can do that because I know what that that yes feels like. And it's not just like sunshine and roses and party streamers, my friend. Like it's kind of this visceral, like, oh fuck, 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 fuck. But it's different than the the other feeling that I get, which is something really bad is about to happen. And we like I, I have almost like a freeze response in those moments. That's my level six energy is that trust, that knowing, that ability to tune everything else out so I can tune in and make a really fast, impactful decision. I can't believe I've already been talking for 22 minutes. I thought this was going to be a quick one. Okay. Level seven, 
<laughs> final level. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what decision you make. There's never one right way. And no matter what happens, you're going to work it out because that's what you fucking do. If you're listening to this podcast, you make it fucking work. The question is, is how hard do you want to make it? And I personally think fast, impactful decisions are the fastest, most accessible way to simplicity and ease. Because you could decide in any moment, I'm going to redesign this experience. Okay, so let's get to it, BZ. Fucking jibber jabber. First up, we already talked about it. Really tuning in to that like alignment. One other thing that happens to me when I am like really connecting with somebody, it'll happen in client sessions. It'll happen more so in my interpersonal relationships or like with my supports and employees and, and, and business partners where I kind of start talking. If you haven't known us, I don't mind a good a good chat. And I, I kind of tune into this like frequency and my eyes, like my spacesuit starts leaking. My eye will start to cry because like what is being created in that moment, what we're talking about is so true to me. It feels like I've tapped into this like whole other level and it's, it's overwhelming. And I kind of start to cry. I've never been so much a sad crier. I'm more of a like emotionally overwhelmed crier where I cry like in like weird commercials where like some grandpa's like picking up their baby and just or like at how beautiful the fucking Tuscany countryside is or the fact that, you know, I was standing on top of the top of Europe living my life like that. Like those are those are the things that make me cry. And I think it's what I've well, what I've interpreted now is that it's so true for me. It's like I am standing in this like vortex of me. That probably sounds really fucking weird. I did not think that one out. This is all kind of coming up right now. But anywho, you've got that too, that you've got somewhere, someplace, sometime that knowing. And I think if you think back on your life and some particularly powerful moments, you'll be able to tap into that experience, that feeling of this is it. Like, I know this is it. I've got this. And that's kind of what you're looking for. I don't know that you'll have that clarity all of the time. I just don't know that like 90% of what we're deciding on needs that much clarity. That was something like, I think we're just making such a big deal about everything. (laughs) And really like in this moment, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably fine. And there's probably a handful of decisions in your experience that need to get made. And hopefully after listening to this, you can take on this experiment of D-Day. And I would encourage you to just spontaneously do it that's your first decision, my friend, and see what happens. So like, yeah, get into like, what are the ideas? What are the desires? What are the experiences? When have you felt like, fuck yes. And how does that show up for you? Fuck yes, to me almost feels like I'm going to throw up. Like I said, I kind of start crying. So first things first in this D-Day experiment, just start to feel like what's an easy yes? What's a fuck yes? What happens if instead of resisting this, instead of fighting it, you just go with the flow? Like I have zero control over my time on these trips because there's three children and one of them is three years old while we're traveling. Also, one of my friends likes to be in charge. I'm just going to leave it at that. We've been friends for 25 years. It's fine. We're fine. And that like I can do that. I can make the decision that she's in charge and the three-year-old, I think I told him today that he was incredibly irrational. We have lots of deep discussions that one day I'm sure he'll reflect upon. (laughs) But in the meantime, he's literally screaming in my ear and refusing 
to get in the car seat or eat breakfast or do anything. I digress. I can fight him on it. If any of you have dealt with a three-year-old, you know how well that goes. But that's it. Like, that's what I'm talking about. In your day, when you get you get that email or somebody calls you up with a problem and you think, why the fuck is this happening? Like, I can't believe this. We've already talked about this. This shouldn't be happening, especially if you're going to blame or shame. Catch that. That's a decision that you're making. You have an opportunity to try something else. And that's kind of actually going to take us into the second point. What if you could completely rewire yourself in this process and just acknowledge what is? So rather than thinking this is a problem, this is the worst, I can't believe this, or I can't wait, or I should have, or I wish, like wishing things were different, my friend, is such a waste of energy. And it is absolutely absolving you of any responsibility for how things are right now. And I'm sorry if that's hard to hear. I've I've felt someone like get that right in the guts. (laughs) But this is it. It's in this space right now where you're like, what the fuck? That you can be like, oh, okay, this is it. This isn't even fucked. Like feel that. What if this isn't a problem? That's how you change. It's not how you create change. That's how you change acknowledge what is. If you're wishing it away, if you're ruminating on it, if you regret it, if you resent it, if you're like any form of retribution, that kind of blaming, jealousy, envy, oh, well, you know, they had this or their privilege or their entitlement or blah, blah, blah. Like all of that is just an excuse to like not make a decision to just change. And I think I shared this on my Instagram at the BC channel the other day it was a TikTok. I'm going to be getting myself into TikTok, by the way. I can't believe I just said that. But now now you can hold me accountable to it. And it said, you'll have to give up your old life to create your new life. Something to that effect. It was probably a little more poetic. But you get what I'm trying to say. Like All of that bullshit is what's holding you back. The belaboring of decisions, the avoidance, the letting other people make decisions for you so then you can be mad at them for being wrong, or letting other people do shitty things and not saying something about it so you can be fucking right. Like, yeah, it's just exhausting. I don't have time for that shit. This one's been coming up a lot as well, and I've been sharing a lot about this. But this present moment is a result of all of our past decisions. That doesn't have to be a problem. It can just be what is. And this is where I really like to play with this. What if this present moment is just our future selves remembering that decision we made that changed everything? And let's just pretend it's D-Day from BZ's podcast, You Know Everything. (laughs) I mean, I laugh, but I'm actually fucking serious. If you can accept everything that's happening right now without resistance, it just is. You are looking at information. You're level threeing that bitch. And from here, you can start to climb up the ladder. What would a solution be? If I don't know what the solution is in this moment, what if I give myself time to not worry about it? I decide not to decide. If I know what the decision is, how do I create the win-win-win? I may need to have this discussion with some other people. I may need to resource myself. I may need dot, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's either a ton that you can do in this moment or there's nothing you can do in this moment, in which case you're deciding to not decide and you're not going to fucking worry about it anymore. The last thing I'm going to say on this is in this moment, in this undoing of who you've been, the redesign of who you are, the rewiring of how you think and work, if I guaranteed you success, what would you decide? And finally, to wrap this up, 
The reason people are afraid of making decisions is they're afraid of fucking it up. They're afraid they might not get what they want. So instead, they avoid doing anything to attempt to get what they want. When we can normalize our experience, like what we were talking about before, where we just simply accept this, what we're doing is neutralizing our energy. We're getting to that level three space of just like 50% fear, 50% awareness. It's like kind of boring. So many people idolize the drama. They idolize the soaring highs and the plummeting lows. People think the soaring highs are their success and the plummeting lows are their failures. And that is not true. It is staying on the fucking ride. That's it. That's all you got to do. And I mean, it's so cliche to say, but like what goes up must come down. And I'm, I've been playing with this. Like, what if it's, what if it doesn't? It's less exciting because you just know this is the experience. And, and I, you know, I kind of went through this in my early 20s working with a ton of artists that were manufacturing heartbreak and manufacturing depression. And not to say they were making it up, but they were living lives that created these roller coaster experiences because it inspired their art. When everything feels like life or death or joy and depression, that like scorpionic experience, like, for some people, they really thrive in that. That doesn't work for me. Like that level of chaos just feels like a distraction and it feels like a lot of extra work that doesn't need to happen. And so in decision making, it's actually from a place of neutrality that we gain clarity. And, and that neutrality is achieved by simply accepting. We decide from neutral. So we tune into what our fuck yes feels like and we play with it, play with it all D-Day. It can be as simple as like, fuck yeah, I brushed my teeth. I mean, I know you've had that day where like brushing your teeth, taking a shower and then getting into bed at the end of the day were your highlights and they felt fucking good. <laughs> Sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll be like, I've never known what it's like to realize success. And it's like, have you felt the sun on your skin? Have you heard a baby laugh? I don't even have fucking kids. And when I hear a baby laugh, I'm like, that's it. That's unadulterated joy. I got it. So tune into what that feels like for you for the rest of the day. When you wish it were different, when you get angry about how somebody's acting or what's happening, I mean, you should have plenty of opportunities to play with this because of all of the bullshit happening in this world right now. And this is where it becomes particularly challenging because to accept some of the atrocities and tragedies, especially in the last couple of years, feels like we're saying it's okay. That's not true at all. What we're doing is saying, I'm okay. And from there, you can decide what are you going to do about it. I think that's all I have to say. I want to keep jibber jabbering, but this is, well, we're hitting like 40 minutes and so, so, so much is changing. I think these last few episodes, I've been talking about the anti-business school. I've been talking about Web3. The Web3 guide dropped. If you're not on the loop, you missed it. Sorry. I'm in a couple of containers. I teach master classes for people. So those, their communities are going to be getting the Web3. I'm going to release it on a Web3 website. If you have Opera or Brave, you can go to Web3. That would be really great. I'll put the link in the show notes. But if you're not on a Web3 browser, you're not going to be able to see it. You can always find me on Instagram. Like I said, I'm going to be taking over TikTok. I've been on YouTube, but I haven't been really serious about it thinking about getting back into LinkedIn. If you have like positive experiences with any of those platforms, I started out being across all of the platforms. And yeah, I just kind of got 
bored with that. So I zoned in on Instagram and it's been super fun. And I give full credit to Angel Phoenix and Social Media Slay for helping me transform the way that I engage with social media. So check me out there. I tend to announce everything that I'm doing via the loop, although I have been doing monthly classes on Instagram for free. I'll probably do those through the, the probably through September. Things are going to be changing pretty drastically starting in September. I can feel I'm gonna, I've got a few new things I'm going to be offering, a few less things I'm going to be offering. And working with me one-on-one, I, I mean, it's just, it's getting really full. So I've got a wait list right now. You can sign up on my website or NicoleBZ.com or on Instagram. And you can always email me, hello at NicoleBZ. I would love to answer your questions. I w- you know, these episodes are for you. They're inspired by you. It's often DMs or emails that I get that prompt me to record something or write something about it. So yeah, I'm getting a few articles are being published. So I'm going to be sharing those. I'm pretty excited about that. So it's all it's all happening from Tuscany, Italy. Castellina de Castellare. It's fucking gorgeous. I mean, it's hot, but I like the heat. So it works out. Okay, I'm done jibber jabbering. Thank you so much. If you got all the way through, you're my favorite. I love you. And yeah, I can't wait. I'm hanging this up and recording the Diamond Cutter. It's the two-part podcast episodes and they are going to be fire this book. I'm so excited I got to reread it. And then I've read it a whole bunch. Okay, I'm actually done. I love you, bye.